Welcome to Look Over Here, conversations with photographers and creatives working in the world of photography. I'm your host, Austin Nelson. Today's episode features Pat Sansone, renowned musician and Polaroid photographer. Pat sat down with me in a studio in Nashville where we talked about his work and his Southern Americana influences. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and share it with any photography enthusiasts in your life. I would greatly appreciate it. And check out lookoverherepodcast.com for additional content, photos, and resources. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Hey, everybody. I'm here today with Pat Sansone. You might know him for his work with Wilco and the Autumn Defense. He's an incredible musician, but he's also an incredible photographer. You can check his stuff out on his Instagram. It's Sansonic1. But do you have any uh, online presence other than that for your photography stuff, portfolios? Um, you know, not not at the moment, but I've been thinking about trying to expand that. I do have a site that was the, um, and it's still active for the book that I made called 100 Polaroids. And that is sansonicabooks.com. Uh, the book is out of print and not available anymore. But there's there's some images from the book there. Uh, and I've now that the book's out of print, I've been thinking about just maybe putting the entire gallery of, of the images from the book on that site. Um, I think unless you're going to reprint that you should do that because it's people are going to miss out on some really beautiful work oh, if they well, can't thank, get thanks. their hands on a copy thanks man yeah i it was it was a labor of love putting that book together and and uh you know i i uh i'd never done anything like that before and 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 so learned a lot doing it and you know proud of it well and let's tell people about it a little bit because this is this was true Polaroid film before Impossible Project came along, as, as mm-hmm. far as I know. And, you know, I think it got a lot of people interested in Polaroids again and, and instant film. But but also the subject matter, is, it's very much that uh, it's my favorite and I think your favorite too, like that, that canon of Southern uh, road trip, Americana, William Eggleston, Stephen Shore, Alex Soth, even. Um, mm-hmm. Can you speak to that a little bit? Uh, your your sure. uh, influences and yeah. Well, I, I mean, you're you're talking about you know my favorite photographers there. You know, I know Eggleston and Stephen Shore and, but at the time when I was shooting that stuff, uh, I really, I really hadn't dug into that work a lot. It was really kind of later. I kind of kind of came to them through my just being excited about shooting myself. And when I started shooting that stuff, I really was, it was kind of just pure, pure accidental inspiration, really. I mean, I, I've been interested in, you know, and, and loved photography for a long time. Uh, my, my dad was a bit of a photography buff when I was a kid. He had, he had a, a Rolleiflex twin lens medium format camera that he shot beautiful stuff with mostly just family photographs he wasn't he wasn't getting artsy with it but but the images were just so beautiful because that such a beautiful camera and the Those film great the, the film stock at that time in the mid 70s was you know was just so gorgeous so and he got in the dark room a bit he worked at a television station in in our hometown that had a dark room and so he could he could go in there on the weekends and use the dark room so i got to go in there and and 
print with him a little bit, just black and white stuff when I was a kid. And I know a little bit about, of this stuff about you, but I'm going to make you repeat it for everybody. But wh- where'd you grow up? In Meridian, Mississippi, um, a town just uh, on the on the east side of the state. It's it's not a tiny town, but it's it's not a it's not it's not a certainly not a big city. It was a town of about of about fifty thousand people, sixty thousand people when I when I was living there. And your your first uh, kind of uh, introduction to photography was mostly through your family, through your dad. Yeah, I mean, you know, just yeah, he had that great camera um, which I now have, and um, yeah, there were there were a few. There were a few people around our family that were that were into photography and had had some cool cameras, and I just always loved I just loved cameras, but I didn't really learn anything about I didn't take any you know photography classes I didn't really know that much about it other than just the little experience I had hanging out with my dad in the darkroom, but I um, I got really interested the way I found the SX seventy was that. Uh, that's the Polaroid camera. For yeah, those of you who don't know. Yeah, the the Polaroid SX70, which was their first, it was the first um, integral film camera that they made, which basically just meant it's the, you know, it's the film the, where you would, you would put the the pack of film into the camera, and when you would take the shot, the the picture would actually shoot out of the front of the camera instead of the previous Polaroids where you would pull it out from the side and yeah, that peel apart stuff. Yeah. yeah. The, the peel apart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I was kind of on this thing with super eight film. It was kind of in the last days of, of Kodachrome and, um, and I had some super eight film that, that, uh, I wanted to get processed that was Kodachrome. And so I was just kind of on this, I was just kind of on this this hunt for things related to to Super 8 Kodachrome and I came across a I came across an auction on eBay for an SX70 that had been electronic the electronics had been modified to expose for 600 film because otherwise if you're if you're using an SX70 you would have to use a neutral density filter to have it exposed correctly but this somebody had actually tinkered with the electronics of this sx70 and so that all you had to do was pop in some 600 film and it would expose correctly and i just kind of saw it and bought it on a whim because it looked interesting and uh it showed up and i went to walmart and bought two packs of 600 film and from the very first images that i shot i was just hooked they were so beautiful to me, the the color yeah. and the tone and and um yeah, and I kinda just had that camera with me for the next seven years or so. Just what, what year was this about, do you think? Uh that was two thousand six, I think. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean I think that's why um this stuff is kind of having a resurgence now. It's just so beautiful and, you know, moody and, and poetic in a way that a lot of digital stuff is not, unless you run it through a bunch of filters on your computer and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, everything's going for this super crisp, super hyper-realistic look, you know, mm-hmm. when that Polaroid stuff is, I mean, yours uh, in particular is very, it's very poetic. Oh, uh, well, well, thanks. Well, it's very, you know, it, it was a pre-Instagram world and, 
for someone like me who doesn't know much about the real technical aspects of photography, you know, and that, and I, and I do not, you know, I'm always careful to to refer. I do not refer to myself really as a photographer because I know a lot of great photographers like yourself, and you know, oh, thanks. I, I refer to you as a photographer. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's tough because I really I do know people that have really studied the 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 science and the physics and the and the the ins and outs of the technical aspects of it and i have such great respect for that and and when i see photography where i know that knowledge has come into play it's you know i'm i'm v- very much uh, in awe and respect of that so you know i had that period and i would love to start shooting again um, on a more regular basis but that period of time in my life and my relationship with that particular camera, the, the SX70, and then uh, and later I discovered a uh, basically it was Polaroid's reissue of that camera, which is called the SLR 680, which really was just an SX70 that had been reissued and was already created to work with 600 film. So those two cameras um, just inspired me so much and. It was really about my relationship with that, with those particular cameras and that film. It just, uh, it was just a joy, you know. And, and and the film was readily available. I mean, like I said, you could, you know, I could, I'd be, you know, traveling somewhere, and I could, I knew that I could just waltz into a, a CVS or a Walgreens or, you know, a drugstore and 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 pick up a few packs, for my daily hunt for, yeah. for 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 images and um you know i could just kind of shoot very freely i didn't really have to think about it too much i could anything was available to shoot and so there was just a lot of freedom there i did, i wasn't putting any pressure on myself to be good i wasn't really trying to be part of the photography world or that's got to be very freeing it felt it was it was a joy you know and um, and it gave my brain a way to have that experience of doing something creative outside of music where I could really just sort of just revel in that inspiration. You know, I mean, I, not, not that music doesn't give me a lot of pleasure and, I, you know, I still love, you know, of course, I, you know, I'll always play music. But... This was different because I didn't, you know, I, w- I wasn't really doing it for anyone else but my myself, and uh, and kind of kind of carried on with it in that mode for a few years. Um, what year did you start touring with Wilco? In two thousand and four. Okay, yeah. so and then you started the Polaroid stuff about two thousand six. Yeah, towards the end of two thousand, I think towards the end of two thousand six is when I got the camera. So it was like, yeah, I really started shooting, sort of obsessively around two thousand seven. And that, uh, you know, being on the road, uh, we were talking about this earlier, but when I was touring, it was great because you could, you know, just explore places you hadn't been and walk around and see the weird shit that's in this country and yeah. you know, take take photos of it and. You know, they're either beautiful or hilarious or depressing or whatever, (laughs) you know, all kinds of things. But yeah, like that, that probably opens you up to a lot of 
photographic possibilities being on the road and having that camera with you. I, I would ask you maybe if you could talk about how you feel being, I'm going to call you a photographer, being a <laughs> photographer on the road and being able to do that, to tour around and, and travel like that. Yeah, well, it was it was great for me because it, um, well, it, it gave my day some purpose <laughs> other than just hanging around at, at the venue, you know, waiting for lunch, you know. Um, <laughs> And I, I love to wander, you know. I love to I love to wander and love to walk around um, places I don't know. So yeah, it was it was perfect for that. It just, you know, I I could wake up, get coffee, strap on my little camera sack and and uh, with a few packs of film, and then just kind of start start wandering. And it just gave me a way to explore new places with some purpose or or not, you know. I just kind of kept the camera with me every, you know. It was yeah. just kind of always with me. Yeah. Um, and it was also, um, like I say, it was sort of that, it was a pre-Instagram time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though camera phones were, were already, you know, everyone was starting to have a pretty decent camera on their phone at that time. It was kind of before the iPhones started getting really good. Right. You know? So it was kind of in that, just in that, that little period right before all of that. And I loved the, you know, for me, someone who loves the analog, someone who loves, you know, the physical object of, of the photograph and, and loves that atmosphere and, and tones that actual film gives. It was kind of like the perfect in-between place for me because it's instant film, but it's not as instant as a iPhone that's true. Image, you know, that's instant. <laughs> I mean, at least with the SX-70 and the 600 film, at least there was five minutes of mystery, <laughs> you know, five minutes of waiting to see what's going to appear. And I think there's something valuable in that, you know, in that little, just that little window of time of, of anticipation and and meditation mm -hmm. i think that was a part of it too you know and and an involvement you know that kind of brings it kind of brings you into the allows you a certain amount of participation in the event of the photograph you know kind of like waiting to see what's 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 coming back and that you don't necessarily get with a an iphone photograph also when you're shooting with something like you know a polaroid where you know, back in the day when you were buying packs at Walmart or CVS or something, they're, you know, probably back in the day, they're probably a quarter print or an, an image, something, maybe 50 cents. I don't maybe know. a little more. Yeah. I, I seem <clears throat> to remember that, like, you know, if you, I could be wrong about this, but yeah, maybe, you know, somewhere between 50 cents and a dollar a, a mm. shot, depending on, like, you know, if there was a, a good deal on a four pack or something. Yeah. Know? Well, but you with that uh, that cost that's um, that you're having to foot the bill for you you tend to be a little more deliberate with the photo that you're taking you're sl you're slowing down and you're kind of enjoying being in the moment before you release the shutter as well. Mm -hmm. and it's the same when you are shooting large format film versus you know me taking my my digital camera out mm -hmm. um, where I'm just like shooting in burst mode the whole time. You know? Right, right. Um, you really have an and if you're shooting a person. Um, you're really getting to spend some really beautiful time with them, kind of setting up the shot and making sure that everything looks how you want it to look instead of just being like, well, one of these 10 photos will be fine. Mm -hmm. you know? Right. But I didn't, I don't often think about that 
difference between waiting for the print to develop versus on your phone, it's just there. So you're like, okay, next, what's next? Yeah, and, and too, you know, with camera phones and digital, I mean, it's just so easy to to delete something if it doesn't seem satisfactory at that very moment. Whereas, you know, like, like I just was recently going through a bunch of my, I mean, I have boxes and boxes and boxes mm -hmm. <laughs> of, of Polaroids from that time. And I was just kind of going through some of them recently and I hadn't looked at them for a long time. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there that's not, not great, but there's a, there's some things that were maybe in like a kind of a discarded pile that actually now with some distance, I really like them, you know, appreciate them in a different way. Whereas at the time, if I'd been shooting those same things with my camera phone, I might've just deleted them yeah. at that instant, yeah. you know, or, or soon after. Whereas, because it's a physical object, I'm a little more likely to hold on to it and um, and maybe be able to appreciate it later. Did you ever try any uh, alternative methods of you know development or you know when you can kind of take the take the film part apart from the backing of the Polaroid and put it on a soda can or whatever? Chew any yeah, of that stuff? you know, I I I've seen a lot of great stuff that people have done with that. I, it wasn't something I ever really got into. I haven't done it either. I was just curious. Yeah, no, there's, 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 I mean, you know, there's people that, especially with like the old formula, the old SX-70 film formula, you could actually kind of push the, um, the emulsion around and, mm -hmm. and, and you could almost kind of paint with it, you know, mm -hmm. as it was developing 600 film, you couldn't really, you couldn't do that. But, mm -hmm. but I just love the tone so much, the, 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 the color tones and the, and the particular contrast that, you could get with really fresh, like 600 film. It was just really special. I miss it a lot, you know? Yeah. And have you used any of the Impossible Project stuff? Are you still shooting Polaroid stuff? I, ha I haven't shot anything in a long time. Mm -hmm. um, it, I've tried, and I have uh, a bunch of 600 film left over, because when in 2009, when they announced that they were discontinuing the production of that film, which was a real shocker because that's right when I was in the height of my love with it. I stocked up. I bought a lot yeah. of film. <laughs> and You're I was, one of those people that got a second mortgage and bought a deep freezer. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, man, I, um, because we were traveling so much at the time in that last phase of the availability of that film, I, I guess Polaroid sent its last shipments to walmart hmm. so walmart was kind of the last place you could find it and um so we were on tour and every town we'd go into i'd call the walmart and ask them if they had what stock they had and whatever they had i bought it so and i still have a lot of film but That's at this amazing. point it's kind of unusable unfortunately and i i did try to uh refrigerate it and i found after a certain amount of time that even though the refrigeration was preserving the chemistry, it was draining the battery mm. of the pack because, you know, each pack has a battery. Right. Um, and maybe I was doing it wrong. Maybe I just had it too cold. I don't know. Um, mm. And I talked to a few other Polaroid experts about it, but that was the, that seemed to be the deal. So I actually kind of, you know, I ruined a bunch of <laughs> packs because, because I'd, 
put them in the fridge and then I tried to use them and they just wouldn't shoot. They just wouldn't pop out any. So I just kind of walked away from it. And around 2000, I guess it was, I guess around 2012, 13, when it just started to get to the point where I just wasn't, the film was expired and I just wasn't getting anything that I, that I was happy with. So I kind of just kind of put it aside. I started shooting with my dad's uh, Roloflex some, which is really fun to shoot with. And like I say, it takes beautiful images, but it's different. You know, it's more expensive. The process is more involved. And um, it didn't give me that same, that same sense of freedom that I had when I was shooting SX-70. And I, like I say, I could just kind of roam around and shoot pictures of, of, you know, the most insignificant things and not, you know, not think about it too intensely mm-hmm. and, and be surprised and be, be inspired. Yeah. And, uh, have you tried any of the impossible project stuff? Yeah. You know, I actually met the fellow who started impossible project when we were on tour in Europe, um, because that company started in Austria. I, if I'm, if I'm thinking about this, right, I met him in Vienna his name was Doc. <laughs> and he had worked for Lomo for several years before that. And he left Lomo to start Impossible Project because he was a Polaroid enthusiast and yeah. was was, you know, trying to save the the format. So I actually had heard about it, heard about what they were doing through the Save Polaroid um, effort. And so when I was in Vienna, I just kind of sent an email and said, I'd love to meet with you. And I had just, I had just published my book. Mm -hmm. And so I had a copy of it with me and I took it and showed it to him. And he was, he was really, um, he was really cool. And he was very helpful and complimentary about the, about the book. He really liked it a lot. And, and um, so that was the very early days of impossible project. And he, um, they actually carried in the early days of their website, they actually carried my book on their site which was great for That's me, awesome. you know, I, I was just really flattered that they did that. And an Impossible Project hosted a, um, an exhibit of the work at their New York uh, storefront, kind of when around the time that they opened that. So I had a relationship with Impossible Project in their early days. At that time, the film wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were very generous with, you know, hooking me up with film, but it was, they hadn't really developed the the chemistry yet mm-hmm. it was really hard to use and i just i didn't really get a groove with it because you know you had to create like a total like dark box to put around your camera you know and and then you had to like the image couldn't be in in light at all for like light, 30 right. minutes it was just like so it was real <laughs> for me who was used to just <laughs> roaming around pressing click and having a beautiful image you yeah. know I just, it wasn't for me. Right, um, right. But I was very, but I was super excited about what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I mean, Impossible Project was a great title for what they were doing because it was, I mean, it was a pretty massive undertaking. Yeah. Because they couldn't, they couldn't just get the recipe from Polaroid and just, right. I mean, they got the machinery to create the film. They got the, the production machinery, but they, but the chemistry was off limits because of environmental reasons and, 
you know, Polaroid was able to use that chemistry for years, even though it was really toxic. <laughs> because they, you know, grandfather claws, they were yeah. grandfathered in. So they were able to use it for years. But once they pulled the plug, then that chemistry was off limits. But from what I understand, they have a new, well, well Polaroid bought Impossible Project. So now the new Polaroid film is actually mm-hmm. re- rebranded Impossible, Impossible Project, yeah. <laughs> which is hilarious. But there you go. But it's still, you know, it's still not the original chemistry. Yeah. But from what I understand, they have some film that's that's they have some some film right now that looks pretty nice. Yeah. It's uh, it's getting better and better and I you know, I hope it continues. I, I wanted to get back to what it was. Yeah. Um I always loved that as well. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about your book. What made you decide to put it together? And how did you do that? Because I think a lot of people, you self-published, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have to do that these days or want to do that or, you know, get to do that. So what were the, the, the hard parts of that and any suggestions to people? The story of the book for me was, it was the first Solid Sound Festival. This is the festival that the band that I'm in, Wilco, does at the Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Art every other year, which you've been to several times. That's right. And the concept was that it was going to be a music festival, but also wanted to have participation in other forms of creativity. You know, they're one, they're, you know because it's at this incredible art museum, you know, maybe have band members who also do visual art things have a showcase in some way for, for, for that part of what they do. And so the first year uh, I had an exhibit of my Polaroids since I had, had amassed all this, all this work and had never really shown it to anybody except for my, you know, friends and the band members who, you know, saw me, you know, would, would see the work, you know, see me as I was out doing all this work so I chose 100 images to exhibit at the first Solid Sound. And I thought, well, it would be cool to do like a little catalog for that show. Um, just a little, you know, a brochure kind of thing. So I started putting that together. And the further I got into putting that together, I just started to think, well, I'm maybe I'll just make a book. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing. And I love photography books. I just thought, you know, if I'm going to make the effort to design a, a a brochure with all these images, maybe I should just go all the way and just make a book that I would like to have. Yeah. You know, that that looks and feels like books that I love. It was a total vanity project, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, that's all it was, you know. Um, yeah, but we're grateful because it's, well, a, it's a beautiful book. It was fun to do. I didn't really, I you know, I didn't really know how much it was going to cost. It ended up costing a lot of money. Yeah. I, you know, at that time, I mean, it's, I mean, it's the most I've ever spent on a creative endeavor. You know, I mean, it's it's also it's uh, it's cloth bound and yeah, debossed uh, title and yeah, it's a I just, very beautiful book. I just love that. You know, I just yeah. I love those. So that's what I did. I just decided to make it into a a, a nice object, the mm-hmm. book itself. Um, I learned a lot doing it. I'm happy with the way it turned out. There were some snags along the way of making it um, that were kind of frustrating. And part of it was just because I didn't really know what I was doing. And some of that was due to other factors in the in the process. Uh, one thing that happened for for that solid sound was that the printers were really 
behind in making the deadline. And the deadline mm -hmm. was for solid sound, right? which was not something that could be moved. Mm -hmm. Solid sound wasn't going to be moved, be, you know, because my book wasn't ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, we worked it out with the printers that they would get me, they couldn't get me the entire 500 run. I just did a small, you know, I just did 500. Mm -hmm. But they could get me 150 printed on their digital printer, which was a really nice printer. You mm -hmm. know, the, the images looked great. I wanted to do the entire run on the offset right. printer. But they couldn't, they couldn't rush those for solid sound, so they got me 150 done on their digital printer. And they were able to, they, they arrived the Friday of solid sound. Wow. And I opened up the box, and they had forgotten to print the spine. <laughs> they had forgotten to print the title of the book and everything on the spine. So, but what I did was I, I got a, a nice uh, paint pen marker, and I just hand wrote the spines. I think I have that copy. For, copy for the first that. 150, yeah. and then numbered them on the back. So yeah. I turned it into a kind of a special solid sound a limited edition limited yeah. edition version so this is the first solid sound right so back in 2010. so that was in 2010 right yeah so yeah that's what it was it was it was really just to mark that exhibit um and also just give me a way to kind of put into some sort of uh organized form all these images that I've been taking for the last several years and did that did that book open any doors for you in the photography community or anything? Because I remember seeing some of your Polaroids in the Ogden in New Orleans uh, <laughs> yeah. several years after that. That's probably the most, that's probably the most direct sort of result of it is that I, yeah, formed a friendship with Richard McCabe, who is the photography curator at the Ogden in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Amazing museum. Incredible museum. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Definitely it, check it out if you're in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it just, if you're interested in, especially if you're interested in like Southern Southern art, it is, it's the place. Mm -hmm. And Richard was, Richard approached me because he had come across the book some somewhere and it just, you know, fit right into what, you know, what he's interested in. And he, he himself uh, takes great uh, Polaroids. And yeah, he approached me originally about maybe doing a small show there, um, but he ended up doing, um, curating an exhibit of specifically instant, photography with both well-known established photographers like there's an Eggleston there was an Eggleston image and um Sally Mann and mm -hmm. and there were, you know some 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 of the greats and then and then some unknowns like me um so that was cool he he chose I think six images and I was really proud to to see them up yeah, on the wall there. It's incredibly exciting, yeah. But that came about because he he had come across the book somewhere. Maybe um, there's a great bookstore out of, out of Santa Fe called Photo Eye that approached me. They came across it, I think, through the through the Impossible Project website, and they they carried they carried the book for a bit. So. You know, it, like I say, I never had any intentions of like trying to like make my mark on the photography world, but I put it out there for myself, and 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 it got noticed by a few people, and 
that that made me that made me happy. I think for the people out there who are actually uh, trying to be noticed as photographers, uh, it's maybe a good idea to make something beautiful that you put your heart and soul into as as a leave behind for meetings or to give to galleries or museum directors or something. And I think if you can get uh, your hands on a copy of this book that's unfortunately out of print now, you definitely need to check it out. It's it's absolutely stunning. And what do you think you're going to do with photography in the future, if anything? Well, I would like to keep doing it. Um, I've been so busy with musical projects over the last couple of years that it's been hard to set aside the the creative energy to do it. I do take a lot of photos with my iPhone. <laughs> but I really do want to... I would love to have another relationship with a camera. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing some work recently that's been really inspiring. I have a friend named Barry Phipps who um, it was, he's a musician and was a uh, musician and producer that I met in Chicago. And um, I was doing something in a studio once and we started talking about photography and it turns out that he's a, a photographer as well and, and photography enthusiast. And he soon after that moved to Iowa Iowa City, and he's been working, he's been making work there and around Iowa, and he just put out an, a beautiful book, and uh, that I think you would love. And I'll cool. show it. I'll show it to, show yeah, it to yeah, you later. Yeah. Um, and do you know the title of it? I, let me we'll look it we'll put it up on yeah. the uh, site. Yeah. His name is Barry Phipps. Okay, and it's 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 photographs of of him roaming around Iowa, cool. and the, the, it's color photography. You know, I think I know he um, he's a Leica. Uh, enthusiast, so I think a lot of it may be shot with Leica and 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 other cameras as well. But it's it's right up your alley. Yeah, I can't wait to check that for out. fans of Eggleston and Shore and yeah. and and all that. It's 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 definitely in that realm. Yeah, are there any um, contemporary photographers that you might want to turn these listeners on to? You know, somebody you know out there that's not well known yet, but. You love their work? Or? Well, I mean, Barry, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another person that I've been really excited to see his work is uh, Sam Precop. Really? Do you, you know? I, I know who he is, yeah. I don't do you know, know his, his, his photography? photography? No, but I it, love his music. Well, you, sh- you should check out his photography. Yeah. He has an Instagram where he's he's been posting a lot of his film images from over the years. It's really great. Wow. I uh, definitely yeah. need to check that out. Yeah, and I just went to see the CNK here in Nashville a few weeks ago, and I got to chat with him about photography a bit. Uh, and I think that just through his Instagram, he's been getting he's been getting some attention, you know, for his photography. So hopefully he's going to, you know, I, I was encouraging him to put together a book. <laughs> so I think he's I think he's got something maybe in the works for that. So but his Instagram is great. I got to check that out. And you can see what he does. Also, um, Jason Lee, the actor, Jason Lee, yeah. he's he does really beautiful work. Hmm. Uh, and he shoots, I think he shoots like large format. Wow. But he, you know, he... Had no idea. A lot of his work is, is based in Texas, you know, kind of back roads of Texas. <clears throat> and again, it's kind of this, you know, this language of sort of, you know, fading, fading America you know, little details of, of, uh, you know, of kind of a, a disappearing America, you know, captured with, captured with film. It's, yeah. it's, it's beautiful work. And he did That's a book. Awesome. He, he, he just published a book that, uh, I don't have yet, but I'm looking forward to getting it. I'm going to check that out. 
Um, thanks so much for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. I won't yeah. take any more of your time. But, no, uh, man. Thanks for thanks for uh, thanks for including me in this. And you know, like like I say, you know, to to be a non photographer on on a photographer's <laughs> show is a uh, I appreciate it. No, it's an honor to have you, and you're definitely a photographer. <laughs> uh, everybody, check out Sansonic One on Instagram. That's Pat's uh, Instagram handle. And the Sansonica Books? Sansonicabooks.com is where you can see a little bit of the work that's in the book. And um, But I, I'm, I'm going to be I'm gonna be posting more image, imagery from the book on that site sometime Great. soon. Great. And also, obviously, check out uh, his band Wilco and his band Autumn Defense. Uh, the album Circles is one of my favorite records. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Austin. Thanks for listening to Look Over Here. And check out lookoverherepodcast.com for photographs of our guests and their work, links to photographers we mentioned in the show, and more. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and please share the show with at least one person you think would enjoy it. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.